and then everybody said, okay, we gonna you know focus on on on, on Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. <laughs> we gonna focus on Paul Pierce, <laughs> Ray Allen, and you know Ray Sean. Kick a man while he's down. That's exactly what Shaq did with Paul Pierce. I hope you are having a better week than Paul Pierce is. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Old School of Sport. I'm Victor Terry, always joined by Max Marshall. Max, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good, Victor. Uh, yeah, just, you know, allergy season, so I'm ready. Yeah, beautiful day out here in D.C. You were telling me, nice day up in uh, upstate New York, so... It's looking more and more like we're heading into spring, which I can get behind. I love spring. Probably my second favorite season behind fall. And then, Max, I know you were pretty upset this week with what transpired with Paul Pierce getting let go by ESPN, your favorite basketball analyst. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I didn't really feel for him. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Twitter was very upset. Yeah, we were very uh, upset about him leaving. Yeah, I'm really going to miss his uh, hard-hitting takes and his uh, basketball knowledge where he compares himself to legends, actual legends like Dwayne Wade. But anyway, we got a lot to talk about. A big trade with your New York Jets. Sam Darnold is gone. He was traded to Carolina. We'll talk about that move where both those teams go from here. We'll talk about the NBA. We'll talk about... KD on his way back, supposed to return today, play his first game in the last couple of months. While James Harden is going to miss the next 10 games, we'll also talk about which big men will have the biggest impact on their team. I'll talk a little bit about baseball. It's been one week since the baseball season has begun, and there's already a couple of headlines that I'd like to get to. But first, let's kick it off with our list of the week, and this week... We are counting down our top three favorite jersey designs. The inspiration came. It was announced right before the Mets' original opening day until it got ruined by COVID. Thank you, Nationals. But they announced that the black jerseys will be coming back. So that inspired me to count down our favorite jersey designs. So, Max, without further ado, number three on your list, favorite jersey. Number three for me, I'm doing the uh, Orlando Magic pinstripe jerseys with the uh, Shaq and Penny days. Oh, I like those. I like those. Yeah. Those I are just, nice. You know, I wish the Magic would go back to those because the Magic jerseys have been the same jerseys for, I don't know, maybe a decade and a half now. And, it's you know, the Orlando Magic brings some, you know, brings some glory days back to the franchise. Instead of, you, know, I, I, you know, I don't know. They, they need new jerseys. They need, they need something. I, I, I used to be very, I used to not be a Jersey guy other than my team because I always felt that the cooler the jerseys were, the more likely your team actually sucked and you needed just some sort of like good attention or something that gives you a little like spunk in the league. And I always said that the better the jerseys, the worse the team was, but that's not always true. And, Max, I don't know about you. I mean, obviously, coming in at number three is a throwback. But I really think a lot of older designs, a lot of throwbacks, are better than today's jerseys. Yeah, no, I, I do, too. Nike, Nike's doing way too much with the jerseys, I think. Well, you know what my least favorite thing about the jerseys of today is? Is 
they're including brands now. I, I, I mean, listen. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't like that either. It, it kind of, I don't know. It aggravates me. Yeah. All right. Well, Max, I'm actually, and I know it's gonna lead. It's throwing gasoline on the fire about me being a secret Heat fan. But number three on my list is actually the Miami Heat All Black jerseys. And I want to say they first debuted. You can correct me if I'm wrong. They first debuted in LeBron's first season with the team. But I thought... Second. 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 Yep. I I think that they're so cool. First off, the yeah. whole it, the, they couldn't have picked a better time to install the all black because the Miami Heat at the time were like the villains of the league. Yep. And it just I, again I I'm not always for the black alternate jerseys, but the Miami Heat nailed it with theirs. Yeah. No, those are. Uh, I kind of wish instead of you know the. A terrible jersey they made this year the for the vice ones i kind of wish they did that one or do you remember the whiteout ones they made oh the dude yeah jersey? yeah i wish they would bring those back instead of you know doing the freaking uh vice ones again i now see i actually didn't mind the vice uh, do i think they're as nice as the all black all white no i don't but i actually I yeah this vice i don't like i think they're terrible okay all right this year's yeah oh. Oh, 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 is this series the one that looks like the Pacers? No, that's the that's the one like he made. It's the uh, gold ones. It's like trophy gold. Yeah, I that's hate one. those. I yeah, hate I those. I don't, I, don't, I don't get them either. They look like Steelers jerseys. Mm-hmm. I don't, but no, the, the, the Vice ones this year, I thought that, you know, I'll go on a rant later about the jerseys, but um, yeah, I don't know. The, the Vice, this one, they look like a uh, Twix yogurt or whatever. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I, see the, uh, I see the relation. Good analogy there. But, all right, Max, what's number two on your list? Number two for me, I mean, it's classic one. I know everyone's going to probably, when you think of throwback jerseys, you think of it. It's, got, it's a Toronto Raptor one with a big dinosaur in front of it. The Vince Carter one. Oh, yeah. Those are nice. Those are yeah, nice, I mean, yeah. I know they're a little played out now, but I mean, when you think of throwback jerseys for me, then that's, that's what I think of. So they, they got to be on the list for me. It's kind of crazy that, like, again, you just wish that they would bring back these throwback jerseys and make them the normal jersey because they're they're better than what they're dealing with right now. But at the same time, I feel like part of it would be lost if they wore them every day and like even like the old warriors jerseys i really like too and yeah. and that was that was when the warriors weren't a good team I, there were years of baron davis and all that but some jerseys are just i don't know a lot better in my opinion that teams have downgraded over the years yeah no i agree with you by that yeah nike like i said nike's been doing i think too much with the jersey concept but yeah. All right. So uh, number two for me, I mean, there are so many good ones. I really like <sighs> number two for me is the old Bad Boy Pistons jerseys. I know that they're nothing, nothing special, but I just like the hard, the dark colors of the blue and red, and I feel like it added to their attitude, and it just, it's it just simple, but I love the color scheme. And I like the nostalgia of it. Yeah, no, that's a good one. It's kind of like the lesser version of the back and back and black was like heat work. Exactly. Yeah. 
were the bad boys, you know, that kind of, they had plain jerseys, and then, you know, when you think, when you see those jerseys, you know, bad boy pisses, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then what comes in at number one, what tops your list next? Number one for me is not this one, like I've said, but the vice jerseys that the Heat have made over the past three years. The white one, the uh, black one, the uh, pink one, and last year is my favorite, the, uh, the blue one. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Max, do you have any jerseys? Yeah, I have a Bam um, blue one last year, and I have a white uh, Dwayne Wade one. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, I got two of the, uh, two of the uh, out of the four. But and then, I was a college kid. You know, I was a little poor to get, the, <laughs> get jerseys like that all the time. Oh, dude, I don't know about you, but a big thing in my high school was you'd do a group order, and you'd get – you wouldn't actually get it from Nike or yeah, an yeah, actual yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, we, we would do that on vacation when we were going on vacation my friends cheap jerseys where's the website you get, it was called I, I know I, I forget it but it I know yeah it was like it was like a big thing and <laughs> I remember I was so skeptical about it and then the first time I did it I was like this is the greatest thing ever because I used to be so stingent with getting the exact like authentic jersey and then once I realized how much money an actual jersey is and I wanted multiple ones I was like alright you know what I can lower my standards a little bit but they, yeah, they jerseys are tough too exactly exactly but they they were so close to the actual product that I really didn't care they did a good job but number one on my list is Max do you remember the OG Seattle Seahawks neon green jerseys oh yeah those were those really made me woke when it came to jersey designs those were the nicest freshest jerseys i remember i remember growing up always wanting one and for so long i always only got jerseys of my team but i but i broke it for the seahawks in the younger and i got a marshawn lynch one i i thought those were the coolest jerseys i've ever seen and they're to this day my favorite that's what I love those jerseys. I always use them in Madden when I play my French films. Yeah. yeah, yep, yep. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Now, Max, I want to ask you, when you played sports growing up, did you always try to get a certain number for... Yeah, I always try to uh, get number three. For doing weight, obviously, yeah. Because another inspiration for this list was, did you see... And, and I feel like people are making it... I, I mean, listen, if the players are excited for it, that's great. The NFL is going to propose a rule that um, defensive backs, secondary players, wide receivers, other position groups can can choose single-digit numbers. And it just got me thinking, uh, again, I don't really look at it as a big deal. I don't care who wears what. But growing up, I always, depending on the sport, like for baseball, I always wanted number five for David Wright. Football... You know, I always, when I was a kid, kid, young, I would always be a lineman, offensive or defensive. So more times than not, I would go for a defensive lineman's number like Justin Tuck, 91, 72 for OC. But then basketball, I always went for Steve Novak's just because I, I loved shooting threes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I was just wondering if you, but number three obviously makes oh, sense. no, for um, basketball, yeah. No, for football, I, I used to always try to be number 10 for Vince Young. Oh, really? Yeah, I love Vince Young. I wanted the Jets to get him out of, out of Texas, but they got uh, the first off first. And baseball, I saw we was trying to beat him, too. 
for uh, Derek Jr., a real Yankee, not like these other bums. That <laughs> All right, I sense a little hostility. Max, is that going to come in? Listen, you want me to watch baseball, Victor? I am. No, I know, I know, I love it. All, all I see is all the Yankees are bad, Yankees are bad, they've been bad for a damn decade, okay? <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. The it's a joke. I, I know it's, they beat the Orioles, sweet. I mean, what's leprosy's best feature, you know? <laughs> what, is, what is that, you know? I, I don't know. No. Yankees, go Yanks. I, I get it. I get it completely. I do, and I'm going to talk a little baseball in just a little bit, but, um, but... No, yeah, I, I agree with you. And then the last thing I'll say is when I went to high school, I'd always uh, – I, I switched to quarterback because I I wasn't as big as I, as I was as a child. So I was getting my ass kicked on the line, and I always wanted to play quarterback. So I, I made the position change. But I sucked so bad that ninth and 10th grade when I played quarterback, I was towards the bottom of choosing my number because they let, like, the starters go. So, like, I'd be playing quarterback – late in the game with like the number 47 or like 52 or something so i just wanted to i just wanted to get yeah exactly exactly but all right max that uh solid list our favorite jersey designs i i I like both our list and again let us know what you think on twitter at old school of sport on facebook the old school of sport let us know your favorite jersey designs and who had the better list but Moving on, I wanted to just run through, because I know Max isn't the biggest baseball fan, but I just wanted to run through a couple of headlines from the first week of the MLB season. And it's been a good one so far. Obviously, my Mets in midseason form with the bullpen imploding late in games, wasting a gem of a start by Jacob deGrom in their opening day. Opening day was this past Monday for them due to their series against Nationals being canceled. Due to COVID, which again, the the MLB had all of last year, all of offseason to figure out a plan when players get COVID so that they wouldn't have to miss so many games. They've had more time to figure it out than any other sports league, and they still can't get it right. And I'm sorry, I understand the game being canceled, but at this point, an entire series being canceled is inexcusable to me. But I digress. Mets bullpen imploding, leaving guys on base, striking out with the bases loaded. It's it's primetime baseball. I missed it. I really did. The Mets are in midseason form, but it's okay. It's still early. Anyway, some of the headlines I wanted to talk about. Dusty Baker coming out and complaining about the hate the Astros players are getting. So in their opening series against the Oakland A's in Oakland, they were getting taunted. Hostile, hostile fans were booing them. There were cheers when Astros players like Carlos Correa were getting hit. Their following series against the Angels was more of the same. So much so that Dusty Baker came out after the game, responded to the fan hostility, and said, and I quote, how many in the stands had never done anything wrong in their life? Well, Dusty, here's the thing. I'm sure everyone in the stands has done something wrong, but they're not multi-million dollar athletes who who questioned who tainted the integrity of the game by cheating by using foreign objects by using electronics to steal signs and basically cheat their way into a title 
into a couple of AL pennants, and none of the players got in trouble for it, Dusty. So, really, I, I understand why you're thankful, because that's the only reason why you have a job with the Astros right now, is because the cheating scandal, because the Astros fired A.J. Hinch, who now has a job, and Alex Cora, who was fired for one season, and then right back with the same team, the Boston Rat- Red Sox, the following year. Oh, my God. What? What? No, no, you just... Saying it out loud and like nothing happened. Yeah, nothing. Nothing happened to the players. Absolutely nothing. And at the time, Rob Manfred, the moron of the commissioner, said that public humiliation was enough. The Astros. It's not. It's not. But the Astros. The Astros not only got a break by none of their players being suspended. They got a break last year by no fans being allowed in the stadium. So really, this is their first year facing fans. This is going to happen all season long, Dusty, so you better get used to it. Yeah. You know what, Victor, if, if, if I may? Yeah, of course. The Astros, too. What the hell is wrong with them? Dusty Baker, I think, was seven years old. You know, the whole franchise is going in, you know, up and down. People are getting fired left and right. You know, there's lawyers involved, this and that. They, they get old-ass Dusty Baker, seven years old, to throw him out there, and they go, you know what, Dusty, Dusty, protect our players. He's 70 years old. He didn't ask for any of this. Yeah. The Astros, again, just getting some old man out. Get out there. Protect our players. It's To me, I, last year, that made me – I thought that was one of the most funniest things the Astros did besides the whole cheese scandal is just throw at throw out Dusty Baker, who's seven years old, for him to you – know, it has nothing to do with the situation, but yet go out there and speak for us. Yeah. No, I know. Someone who had no, nothing to do with the entire scandal whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I understand completely, Max. And it's just, it's just Dusty should have known what he was getting into as a manager, a manager with the Astros once he took the job. And I truly think that Dusty knows what the players did wrong. He just has to put on a tough face, a strong face, because it's now his team. But I'm sorry. Listen, do I agree with the? A's plunking Correa and then the fans cheering like they just won in the bottom of the ninth. You know, maybe that was a line that was crossed. But other than that, I'm sorry. Whether it's banging of the trash cans, whether it's the hostile booing, whether it's the trash cans, the blow-up trash cans going onto the field, I think it's all in play because you guys really tarnished the integrity of the game. You guys won off of it and... Really, only a few got punished for it. None of the players. It's all fair, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think for the year, yeah, let them, let them take their medicine. Yeah, the exactly, exactly. So, another another thing that happened was the MLB continues to say one thing and then do the other. And what I mean by that is they come out with these commercials with players like Mike Trout, with players like Syndergaard, Correa. Lindor and they say let the kids play right and then the moment the moment players express themselves the moment there's some intensity some fire they hold that player more accountable than they did with any of the Astro cheaters and what I mean by that is this past week Nick Castellanos was ejected and suspended for two games after sliding home on a pass ball he got up 
and screamed, let's go, while standing over Cardinals pitcher Jake Woodward. Now, just to paint the picture, earlier in the game, Castellanos homered to put his team in front. Woodward, that same inning, plunked Castellanos. Again, an unwritten rule. I think I think if you really want to uh, prove it to a guy, if you really want to get back at a player, in my opinion, after he hit a big home run in a clutch situation, to me, as a pitcher, I would want to get that batter out next time up. To me, plunking him doesn't make sense. You're just giving him a free base at that point, but whatever. The pitcher handled it how he handled it. He plunked him, and then Castellanos later that inning scored and was fired up and just stood over him. It was very similar, not not situationally-wise, but it reminded me of Iverson stepping over Ty Lu in that finals game. Max, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. All Castellanos did, and again, it led to the benches being cleared. Now, when the benches are cleared, that doesn't mean a fight in baseball anymore. The benches are cleared there's some shoving there's some yelling at most the bullpens the bullpen pitchers jog onto the field acting like they're ready to back up their teammates when really nothing comes of it Castellanos got ejected and suspended for being fired up baseball is so out of touch with what fans want people complain all the time that baseball is boring you know what would make it better? Not these dumbass rules like starting a runner at second base in extra innings. Not these seven-inning doubleheaders. Let them show emotion. Let there be fights. Let there be intensity. I truly think that that would attract a larger crowd, especially the younger crowd. Make it more entertaining. Allow players, allow teams get roughed up a little bit. That's my true belief. No, I agree with you, Victor. I, I never understood that someone hit a home run off me, so let's peg them. Exactly. You know, if, they I, if they celebrate. How about you strike them out, and then you show them up? And, and, you know, I, I just, I, I never understood that. Yeah, and, and here's another thing. I love the bat flips. I do. I mean, I hate when it's against my team, obviously. But when the, I think it's so impressive yeah. when a batter knows a ball is gone off the bat and he just watches it and then flips his bat. But then the next time up, I'm sorry. I don't understand. I don't understand plunking yeah. him. I strike, don't. Strike him out. Strike him out. Then shove him up. Exactly. Exactly. You said a lot of things I agree with. Is that, you know, baseball, every year, the start of baseball, let the kids play. You know, they all do those fun commercials. And then they do shit like that. It's like, what are you selling? Yeah, exactly. One, I, I just, I get so fed up with it because it's really they're saying one thing and then doing yeah. another. But that's that's been that's been Manfred in baseball's thing since he's been there. Yeah, no, I I can't stand him. I really can't. He he continues to ruin the game in my opinion. But another big decision that Manfred came out and I know I know people don't like me getting political. I'm not going to. But Atlanta lost its right to this year's All-Star Game due to Georgia's new voting law. Now, MLB isn't the only big-time corporation to come out and talk against the new jo- uh, new voting law in the state, but it was big news. The 
Baseball Players Association had already mentioned that there were talks about moving the All-Star game. Max, I don't know if you heard anything about it. My biggest thing is, it's again, it just goes to show you how, how big of an impact sports can have in society. There's a lot of backlash going on about this decision, a lot of... A lot of debating whether or not it was the right move, but the players seemed to be for it. Manfred did his thing, and it will now be held. The All Star Game will now be held in Colorado. Yeah, um, Manfred actually did something wise, so you know, I just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I agree with it, and the only thing I'll say is kind of crazy that more people want want more restrictions for voting than they do to own a gun. But that's that's as political as I'll get. And let's move on. Max, NBA, we're kind of coming down the home stretch in the NBA just a month, uh, around a month until playoffs, yep. if I'm right. And, I, you know, we're kind of in that weird period where things are starting to fall into place and you know who's going to be there come playoff time obviously some of the big names are out right now but let's talk about let's talk about some big men right now and Marcus Saul Marcus Saul big man of the Lakers one day he's upset with how he's being used he came out and said that he felt like he was third fourth option with guys like LeBron and AD out and was open to a buyout now he says he's fully committed to the team despite the team going out and signing Andre Drummond, Drummond despite losing his starting spot to that same player. Max, do you think he has a point with how he's being used on the Lakers? Do you think that he could be giving them more? No, he's been he's been kind of washed this whole year, honestly. Um, you know, I, I know uh, you probably expect this, but I'm not the biggest Marcus All fan, honestly. Uh, he did this shit in Memphis too when David Fitzgerald was there. He was, you know, new coach, and he was just bashed him the whole time because, uh, you know, he was trying to do something different with the offense, defense, and, you know, Marcus all just bitched and moaned about that and got him fired a year later. So, I don't know, Mark, you're on your last leg as a player. You're in L.A. looking for a ring. Uh, anytime you have LeBron James on your team and now Anthony Davis, it's championship or bust, and your old ass can't guard on the perimeter. You're not shooting well, spacing the floor. And when a big guy like Dante Drummond, who's 26 years old and has a lot more, you know, uh, tread on the tires, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to play him more. Sorry. But yeah, if you're not looking to improve your team week by week when you can during you know the trade deadline buyout season, what are you doing then on a LeBron James team? You, you have to improve any chance you get, and they did. So I don't know what he really is bitching about, but that's what Marcus all does. Well, I think that it's – I don't want to say it's an ego thing. I, th- I think some of it has to do with he doesn't – he doesn't want to admit that he's no longer the player he once was, right? Which is hard, you know. I'm not, yeah. It's hard to do, especially he had a great career in the NBA, but he's a role player now. If that, like, he hasn't been good this year. Yes, no, I agree. I, he's he's not even averaging five points per game. He's got four rebounds per game and two assists per game. Max, I just think his point is, and again, I'm not saying that he can do. He can replace the production that they have with. LeBron and AD but I think that his point is that hey these guys are out and I can be effective still why am I not getting more looks why am I not more of a critical piece but again I don't think that I like okay yes he's had a couple of recent good games right but and by good games I mean 
as as yeah. good as Marc Gasol can be at this point in his career, like you said, a role player. And I think that there can be games here and there where he's a big piece or a main reason why you won the game. But I don't think anymore that he can be a driving force. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that he's ever been the driving force to the team, but he's been one of the better players on teams in the past. At this point, he's a role player at best. And you went out and signed Drummond looking to improve your team. Is he an upgrade over Marcus Hall? Right now, you have to say yes. And yes, Drummond missed a couple of games due to uh, his toe injury that he suffered in his first Lakers game in his debut. But again, I think I think Gasol just was upset with everything going on. I think it's a tough point at the stage of his career. And he finally had a realization that this is what I am at this point. And I think that's why his tooth has changed. Again, he's with the Lakers. Why? To win a ring. Once LeBron and AD come back, we're not talking about Gasol and his issues because it's just right now. And, and I think as the Lakers, without one of their superstars, you're kind of just hoping for a different piece each night to help you win yeah. the game, whether it's Kuzma, yeah. whether it's yeah. Drummond. So, it yeah. So right now, I just think that it was a tough realization for Gasol. But I understand it because this is kind of new territory for him. New word territory where he no longer can be a critical piece. No, but even I, I agree with what you said. But like, if I'm Mark Saul, like, what, what does that even look though? Shooting what two more threes a game? Like, they're not. He's not trying Mark Saul. It's not like he's gonna take people off the, um, you know, off the low block or even at the um, uh, elbow, and you know running offense for himself like he's just not that player so I, I just I'm confused on what he like wants with more shots like you're not shooting well with three I, I just like you know they need Kuzma to, to score I mean I don't care if Kuzma's a player but he's gotten a little bit better year in year out uh, you know Harold can put the ball in the best can't guard anything but he can score then Schroeder more shots KCP guys like that Caruso so I'm just confused why he thinks he deserves more shots when that's not his role on the team well I just uh, again I think it goes back to I think his thinking is that if you give me opportunities, give me more opportunities, I can help this team win. When LeBron and AD are healthy and on the court, you're not going to complain about how many opportunities, how many shots you get, because you got two of the best players in the league on your team. With those guys out, I feel that Gasol is thinking, hey, I can be a bigger role on this team if given the opportunities, but he's 36. Like me and you said, he's not the Marcus all that he was with Memphis. He's not the Marcus all earlier in his career. So we are very doubtful. I'm sure he has the confidence, all the confidence in the world in himself, but we know that he is not that same player. He cannot do what he once was, uh, what he once did. I mean, why, why, if I'm Marcus why, you know, even with AD and LeBron, he wasn't really playing too well. And they just, why, why didn't they got another center? Yeah. I'm not playing well. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, mean, I know. We're playing better. We're not having, even having this discussion, but yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just not a Marcus Saul fan. That's what it comes down to. I don't know. He just rubs me the wrong way. I know. Any reason why? Just because of the stuff that he pulled, like you said, with Fizdale and everything with Memphis? Yeah. Yeah. Fizdale's, you know, I was he guy, and, you know, he was just trying to, uh, he, he just kind of got fired out of town. Didn't want him to change up anything in this night, whatever, and then he got kind of pissy about it. And, I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, what the hell? And, you know, for being honest, too. Because out of 2013, LeBron should have won Defensive Player of the Year. And, and you know, all the nerds gave to Marcus Saul because he's 
good outside defense when LeBron's guarding Derrick Rose and switching on the Joe Canoa the last two minutes of the game. But we digress. <laughs> I mean, it's, I can't with these fucking nerds. <laughs> I know. I really, I, I can't with some of the analytics and numbers being thrown around today. It just... It really infuriates me. Anyway, all right, so we talked about Gasol. Let's focus on a couple other. DeMarcus Cousins signed with the Clippers, giving them some more size. Obviously, again, another player that not his once dominant self. He's never really been the same after his couple of injuries that he suffered. He's bounced around from team to team the last couple of years. Max, though, he is the latest big man to sign with a contender. So we have DeMarcus Cousins with the Clippers, we have Drummond with the Lakers, and we have Aldridge with the Nets. Max, of those three, right, and we just briefly talked about Drummond, who do you think will have the biggest impact with their new team? I think it's going to be Drummond, honestly, when he gets healthy. Um, you know, like I said before, the Lakers were better last year. Well, not better. They played better at times when it was, you know, when it was Dwight, LeBron, and AD out there. And Drummond's basically just a more athletic, younger Dwight, and you know they can be monsters on the boards because Drummond is an elite rebounder. For some reason, people don't really like his game. I know he's got a little like Hassan Whiteside in him a little bit, but he's not. I don't think he's as bad as Hassan. But um, you know, for that Lamarcus thing, they'll give you points. You know, he can do it a little bit on a low block, little uh, shoulder fade. But he's you know defensively. I mean, if you saw that next game against him, they were running taking worlds against him every time. He can't guard. You can guard you. Uh, uh, not me. All right. Let's with my shot when it's on. It's very, very hard to guard me. But I'll. You can continue. And then the cousin point. I always like Marcus Cousins. I've wanted to hate to get him over the past couple of years. Um, if he gives you anything for the Clippers, that's good. You know, I hate to be like, oh, he can't play more. But you know, it's a ten-day contract for. There's a, a star player in the league. He's been, you know, been on his kind of his last legs for a while. Sadly, like you said, the injuries just caught up to him and. I hope he stays around the NBA. I like Mark. I've always liked Mark Spuds, but yeah, I think if he does anything, it'll be good. Uh, but yes, yeah, I think it's Strumming too, because he's just younger and he's better than all three of them. Can I just say about Demarcus Cousins not playing wise, right? Can I say with with how many fake tough guys there are in the league? I think that DeMarcus won one of the few actual tough guys in the NBA. Like, I really think what you see from him is genuine, and he's not afraid to do or say what's on his mind. I mean, Max. Oh, yeah, he's he, an asshole. Yeah, he's yeah. an asshole. He don't care. And he doesn't care. And Max, here's I, – I still, I still go back to this. And for as much shit as we give KD for joining the Warriors, do you remember when Cousins departed from – the Pelicans and went to the Warriors after their oh, championship yeah, I got, season. I got in a lot of Twitter fights that day with people. Okay, can I just say the difference is that he didn't turn into Twitter fingers like KD did. He didn't. He wasn't tough one minute and then defensive the next. Demarcus was like, "Listen, I did this because I didn't have any other offers. It, I wanted to do it." Because I wanted to do it. That's it. That's I made this happen because I wanted it to happen. Like I do respect that. I don't think that it was a soft move. I don't compare it. Obviously, not nearly the same player, but you know, yes, on the outside it might look like a cheap move, but Demarcus Cousins is a is a tough guy in this league, and I did not look at that 
he was true. He was true from the beginning. It wasn't like he went back and forth teeter tottering. He stayed true to his decision and he manned up about it. Yeah, no, the only thing that um, I remember that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because I was kind of not defending him, but I was like, you guys realize he's coming off a torn Achilles and he's not going to play half the year. Like he came back, I think the last like thirty games. Yeah. And you know he was injured in the playoffs too. Um, but I, yeah, I was. The only thing that rubbed me the wrong way about the Marcus Cousins is that you know he he had his agency or his film crew crew uh, filming him saying, "Oh yeah, I know offers and that." That that the only thing that like I said that bothered me is that Pelicans did offer him before Jordan Achilles or no they did offer him that free agency the star free agency two years forty million and he said no and then he was going around saying oh well you know nobody offered me oh uh, just did okay that that was the only thing that rubbed me the wrong way not that whatever I'm not going to come another man's money for him but no this is years ago but yeah people thought the NBA was over I'm like he tore his Achilles. Well, to be honest, I thought the league was over too because the one thing that the Warriors didn't really have was size, and then you had Demarcus Cousins, and you thought they were complete, uh, a complete team at that point. But Max, I apologize. Then I do forget that the Pelicans offered him two years, forty millions. Yeah. Now, now again, though, I'll be honest with you. Listen, I think that if he stayed healthy, the Twin Towers could have been dominant. But again, there's no. There's nothing to say that him and Davis would have won anything in New Orleans because it's not like they yeah. built the team around Davis. So it might have just been those two. And without a real ball handler, who knows how well that what, that team would have been. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But, but, I, all right. So of the three, listen, I'll I'll go Drummond too, more so because of who's out right now. I think that it will allow Drummond to have more of a role and a bigger impact on his team with obviously the, the number one and number two options out now and playing alongside Schroeder and Kuzma should help him out as well. But Max, part of me wants to say Aldridge. Now, I, I know you made some good points on defense. Part of me wants to say Aldridge because with how many weapons the Nets have, a lot of times Aldridge is going to get one of the lesser guys on the opponent team covering him or one of the weaker defenders because they have to worry about guys like KD once he comes back, Harden once he comes back, Kyrie, Blake Griffin. So I think it's a toss-up. I'm going drumming, but I think Aldridge could have a big impact on the team too because he's going to get looks with all the talent that's around him. Yeah, the only thing with Aldridge is that playoffs, you know, teams are just going to go at him and pick and rolls. I think Steve Nash is going to have to use him, like, you know, willingly. Yeah, that's true because his defense, yeah, he, he. Yeah, he moves too well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, no, I just wanted to get your take. And, Max, if you could right now of the three, who would you want the Heat to sign? Hmm. I would love to have out of those three, probably Drummond, honestly. Okay. Probably LaMarcus, if I have a pick, because he can space the floor a little bit more. And with Miami's defense, he can hide a little bit. If Drummond can space the floor, then it'd be perfect, but, you know, it's not too okay. Yeah, no, I, I was just wondering because 
you're, he didn't get any of the big men, and I know I, I saw your I saw your article. They needed they they still need more help. By the way, go check out Max's articles on fan side, but they need to address the size on that team if they want to get deep in the playoffs. Do you have any answers right now, Max, or no? Well, I don't know if you saw. They signed uh, Dwayne Dedman last night, or yesterday. Oh, the Heat did. So, I mean, he's a seven-footer. He's big. So, I mean, they tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They Well, I mean, it's not like they had many options out there, so they got oh. what, they, what they could. But, no, I mean, listen, a guy of size... You kind of just need someone to protect the rim and get the boards. Now I'm I'm not saying that's you know that's easier said than done, right? But you know I, I mean listen I think I think that the Heat as long as they make the playoffs I I think that they could go on another run similar to that because again I'm not I, I you know I've said this unless the Nets are completely healthy it's not like I'm terrified of any yeah. team coming out of the East. So, so wide open, yeah. Yeah. One guy's injured or this and that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, Max, I didn't I didn't put it on the rundown, but I wanted to ask you too, another player getting a another opportunity whose career kind of derailed after his injury. Isaiah Thomas with the New Orleans Pelicans. What'd you think about that move? Yeah, you know, I mean everyone knows the story about him and his sister, how tragic that was in the contract with Danny Ainge, you know, doing Danny Ainge things with him. Uh, hopefully he makes a career for the next couple of years for him. Gets obviously he's not gonna make up his money, but you know hopefully he stays around the NBA, gets some decent pain checks, and it looks to me he's fully healthy now. He said after the game that this is the first time that he hasn't had to you know after the game stretch his hip and ice it and do recovery for. Him. So that's good. It's been about I don't know four years now since he's been fully healthy. So yeah, I'm happy for him. Hopefully he sticks around a couple of years and gets some paychecks. All right, Max, can I just say one thing? And I mean this in the most non-attacking way. I mean this in the nicest way possible. I, uh, To me, Isaiah Thomas, right, and it was tragic what happened with his sister, right? I remember seeing him cry on the court side before their playoff game. And... He was great with the Celtics that one year. He had a great playoff run, right? Can I just say I don't see anything wrong with what Danny Ainge did just because... I'm sorry. Yes, it sucked that he got injured as well. But if you have an opportunity to upgrade at that position with a guy that's coming off a major injury with one of the best point guards at the, the point guards in the game and Kyrie Irving... I mean, listen... It's business, and I feel like we've seen a lot worse moves made than what occurred with Isaiah Thomas, and I've been rooting for him. I have, but besides that run, it's not like he's been anything special. You know, you're, uh, yeah, your, your, your point is right, but the thing is about, you know, though, even though we might not think it's a big deal, but players around the league to, the, to, the, to this day it still rubs the wrong way. I mean, look at what Anthony Davis on the Pelicans. Yeah. What did his dad say? Yeah. His son's not playing for Boston because of that Isaiah Thomas thing. Hell no. If, you know, we, we might think it's right, but what do players don't think? And we all know players don't really want to go to Boston in the first place. They don't have to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because of other other reasons with that city. Yeah. But, um... so, no, no, you're right, though. Like, yeah, hell yeah, you trade Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. You know, like, yeah. But I, it just rubs players the wrong way because, you know, 
like you said, it's a business. But, you know, IT was kind of a guy in Boston for a little while there, right? A, a lot of kids had jerseys. Yeah. Re- relatable to the kids, you know, being that height. And, you know, he just, it felt like he was one of Boston's own for those little bit. And, you know, there's a emotional thing that comes to it, but it's a business, like, you know, you hear all the time. So I think it was just a tricky situation they were, they were in. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened that way. And, then, yeah, I, I, felt, I felt bad for him because he wasn't going to get, like, you know, a $100 million contract. I thought, thought he was going to get, like, three years, $7 million or something. Like, you know, oh, wow, that's it. What, what a steep pay, pay, uh, pay cut. But it would have been nice for him to get, you know, one in his prime, a little little bag he could have had. But, you know. Sadly, it didn't work out And also, you know what's a little sad, too, is I wish he went to a contender in the NBA. Like, for as many teams that need a point guard, like, I, I don't understand why the Clippers wouldn't have taken the flyer on him. Or, yeah, I mean, Max, even your Heat could have taken the flyer on him. And it would have been one of those low-risk, high-reward type moves. You know, if the, if the Knicks never got D-Rose, I could see Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, you know, you know who's... Pushing for Westbrook to the next this offseason, Stephen A. Smith. And uh, I'm sorry, he just, for a Knicks fan, he's such a moron. He's such a moron. I'm telling you. But, all right. But, I, I got nothing to say about this Yeah, but uh, talking about the other New York team, I know I just mentioned the Knicks, but Knicks lost to Brooklyn Nets. Again, uh, listen, I'm just saying this right now for a season where not many people had a lot going for the Knicks. I'm almost rooting for the Knicks to play Brooklyn in the first round or some point in the series because nothing would make me happier. It's really a no-lose situation for the Knicks. A, they're not supposed to beat Brooklyn, but B, if they did, it'd be amazing. And once again, it would just shove it in Kyrie's and Katie's face for choosing Brooklyn over the Knicks. But again, I'm not I'm not saying that I expect a series win, but it really would be a series where the Knicks have nothing to lose, and they played them very well the last couple of times they played them. Down to the wire, both games, one one possession games. But anyway, the Nets, they get one star back and lose another. So like I've said earlier in the show, James Harden is out for the next 10 days, while KD is set to return tonight, Wednesday. This episode will air on Thursday, be released on Thursday, but Max, which is the bigger deal? James Harden going out with injury or KD returning? I think it's KD returning from injury. Uh, you know, it's been a while since you've been since he's played basketball, and you know, especially during, uh, you know, postseason be here like what, a month? A little over a month or something like that? Yeah. So, so Durant needs, you know, he needs reps, he needs to create, uh, you know, chemistry with the new teammates and just, you know, play basketball. Uh, he hasn't played it in about two or three months almost. You know, James Harden, yeah, he'll be out, you know, they say, what, 10 games or something? 10 days yeah, later. 10 days. James and Katie know how to play, play basketball with each other. So, uh, yeah, if I'm a Nets fan, I, I want Kevin Durant to play as much basketball as he can healthy. Uh, you know, there's only 22, 23 games left this season, so, you know, just get to the finish line and then postseason, um, you know, showtime. Yeah, Max, I, I I have to agree with you. I think it's KD coming back because we've talked about it on this show a couple of times. And to me, KD is a more critical piece for the Nets to win it all than James Harden because we've seen KD show up in the playoffs a lot more than we have James Harden. And again, it's a hamstring injury, Max. It was a hamstring injury with KD, hamstring injury for James Harden. And... You know, hamstrings are tricky, Max. One wrong move, and yeah. you could really, 
really aggravated again and end up back on the injury block. But Max, like you said, Katie has missed so much time. He needs to develop chemistry with his teammates. I know that he's one of the best in the league when healthy. He knows how to play basketball. But the Nets need him. The Nets need Kevin Durant to win a championship. If Kevin Durant is out, I don't think that they're the favorites in the in the league, let alone the East. But Max, without James Harden, I, 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 I'll be serious. Until I see him show up in the playoffs, it'll almost be like the Nets are without James Harden. And I know how great he's been. People have been talking about him as MVP with KD and Kyrie missing time, carrying that Nets team, right? But come playoff time, I really think KD, a healthy KD, is more valuable than a healthy James Harden. Yeah, no. I mean, especially in the playoffs. Um, this, this is one of the weirdest MVP years I, I could ever... I know who's your who's your favorite right now. I think by default you gotta go Jokic. Jokic, okay. Yeah. All right. I I I would have no problem for that. Again, that's a guy. I mean, he gets attention. Definitely having the name the Joker and everything like that. But a s- smaller market team, it'd be cool to see Jokic win it all. Embiid still in it for you? Yeah, yeah. Embiid still in it because it, 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 like I kind of was mentioning before, like, you know, it was him and LeBron and Jokic was like three. Obviously LeBron got injured, Embiid got injured, and then, you know, Jokic by default is the leader right now, and Embiid's when, when he, didn't he get back like a week ago, I think, or something like that? Yeah. It hadn't been too long. So, yeah, this MVP, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird year this year. I mean, it has been for everybody, but uh, yeah, I think Jokic right now, unless Embiid, if Embiid, I mean, he's still got 27 games left to those numbers up and get some wins for Philly. So if MB puts up numbers, then I'm going back to MB because before he, uh, all the injuries happened, MB was my thing. Yeah, no, I know. I remember when we did the mid-season show that you had Embiid as your favorite. I would love Jokic. I again, I don't think. I know with these ten games, I still think Harden is going to be in the discussion. Do I think that he's the favorite? No, LeBron. I think he's out due to how much time he's. He's missed. Yeah. I I would love to see Mitchell get brought up in the conversation as well. I don't think that he is one of the favorites right now, but I I, I would also like to see him get some yeah, recognition. I'd like to see get some get some. I know he's not going to win it. I know he's playing, but I would like to see Jimmy Butler give some attention. Agreed. Agreed. The only the only just a little bit, just a little bit. The only thing is, Max, they're currently a couple games under five hundred, right? Yeah. I think that. In the NBA, you need a winning team to get MVP. So you know, you, you, you do. I think he'll get probably like a top eight on the ring. Not that it matters, but I think it'll be kind of cool. No, and I've been a I've been an advocate for Jimmy oh, Butler. Actually, they are twenty six twenty five. So we're going to get more five hundred. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Because last time I saw the record, I wasn't sure. I thought that they were two games under five hundred. But I've been a big advocate for Jimmy Butler. I really think that he's the driving force for the Miami yeah. Heat, and they wouldn't be the same team without him. No, look, when he was out with COVID for missed 10 games, you know, look how shitty they were. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, no, I would love for Butler. And then, I listen, I still, I mean, I know the Knicks have been hot one second and then lose a couple, but I still think, I, I'm still sticking by my thing that Randall will be, will finish top five. In the voting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I do. I do. But, uh, Max, th- you had a rant that you wanted to go on? Oh, yeah. I- I've had enough of this Memphis uh, Grizzlies 
team. Uh, it's more Dylan Brooks. Remember the whole Edward Dow thing last year when he didn't want to play for Memphis and him and John Morant were... Yeah, bitch move by there. bitch move by Iguodala. Yeah, well, you better watch out from the Memphis and <laughs> show you. Now, yeah, Dylan Brooks had a game as like yesterday, which was just hilarious because he was. I don't know. He just Dylan Brooks is a good player, good, good nice role player, but yeah, he just talks a little too much with my life. But you know that's how he's in the league. But um, yeah, Memphis Twitter too. Uh, you know, deleting comments about Iguodala. It's just like who, who won? Dylan Brooks had a game as life for once in his career. And Iguodala went to the freaking finals again. I, 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 just, I'm just, I don't know. Memphis Grizzlies, Aaron, uh, not even the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks, get over yourself. Dylan Brooks, 28 points, 10 of 16 shooting. Yeah. He did have a great it was, game. It, it was hilarious what, to see some of the shots going. Because, you know, you, you think that there was fans in the heat arena sharing his name. He was... Just stomping around, look staring down at people. Yeah, it was just you never had a game like that. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm Team Brooks because you know what, Iguodala was being a bitch with the Grizzlies last year. I mean, I don't want to hear it. I mean, that's just a spoiled player right there. And that I was I was so upset because Iguodala actually has been one of my favorite players for a while back in his 76er days. I really liked him. And then for him to pull that stuff, I'm sorry. That was a bitch move. I didn't like it. Well, I'll break, I'll break down to you quick. Grizzlies were had a second overall pick last year when they got John Moran. Everybody had them as one of the worst teams in the league. Did he, was, he was he under contract? Was he under contract? That's great. Don't was he under ball. contract? Play the game. Play the game. Oh, okay. Stop being a little oh, bitch. Man. Just because, just because, sorry, sorry that you're not on the Warriors anymore. And... Three, four other guys were carrying you to the playoffs. You actually had to play basketball. Give me a break, Iguodala. Jeez. No, he did. He did. And again, it pains me to say that. But listen, Iguodala, you're getting paid to play basketball. Uh, go out and play. I hope you out, old man Rivers. He played five years in the finals. That's I don't, that's more seasons. He's thirty. He was thirty-seven years old. Why do I want? Why do I want to suit up and play for one of the worst teams in the league? Because you're getting paid to do so. You're getting paid to do so. It's not a bad job to have. I mean, he didn't. I mean, I just don't. Uh, why do people have to play on shitty teams they don't want to? Trevor Reason and play for. The Are you kidding me? Do you hear yourself? I bet, you, I bet you you didn't know Trevor Reason played for the Thunder this year before he played on the Heat. Um. I might have known that. I may have forgotten that. Well, then that's a bitch move. I think that's a bitch move. Why aren't Thunder fans going at Trevor Reza? Um, because... Uh, because they don't care. They don't care. So why did Memphis think it would not help them out when that would just rather... Because he publicly made it a thing, too. I remember that. Don't don't act like Iguodala was innocent in that whole debacle. Didn't he came out and said he didn't want to play for the team? Yeah, people do that all the time. Yeah, but I'm not saying it's right. I don't care who it is. I think it's a bitch move no matter what. Well, again, who got the last laugh, Victor? Well, he fell short. He fell short. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. The drugs can ban the injury, but you know who cares? Yeah. Well, I mean, what ifs? What ifs? Whatevs. But anyway, you got anything else on NBA, or should we go on to talk about your J-E-T-S Jets? Yeah, let's talk. You know what? I don't think Sam Darnold wants to play for Carolina. And I think that would be a bad move, but you know why I know that's not true? is because they threw him a surprise party once he got traded from New York. Did you see that? 
the video of Sam Darnold walking into the house and people celebrating? Yeah, was that, was that supposed to try to piss me off or something? No, dude, I'm just saying I'm pretty sure he wants to go play for Carolina, so your little joke didn't work out. Oh, it's okay. I mean, he'll just score another team after. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so the Jets' former number three overall draft pick in 2018 was traded to the Carolina Panthers for three draft picks, a six-rounder in this year's draft, and a second-rounder and fourth-rounder in 2022, next year's draft. Max, we have been debating this since season's end, and we finally have an answer. The Jets, who picked number two, Overall, in this year's draft, have traded Sam Dartle to the Carolina Panthers. Max, do you think this was the right move by your New York Jets? Uh, I'm kind of in the middle about it, honestly. Um, I kind of wanted them to trade the pick. Because I don't think Sam Darnold is as bad as people think he is. I mean, look at his coaches and weapons and everything. I think he's a passable quarterback. And I would like to see them, you know, get more picks and maybe upgrade the line or get more weapons for them, especially at tight end. You know, I, I know Cowherd a while ago wanted the Jets to take picks a second. You know, I, I, I like Kyle Picks, you know, especially, especially I've seen his workout videos and watched some listening podcasts about this and how much he's supposed to be the next, like, good tight end. I would love the Jets to trade back to, like, seven or whatever or six and drafted him. You know, the Jets have the worst tight end production in the league the past three years with that guru Gase. Um, but, yeah, but back to the darn thing. I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted because I, I don't know if, I'm, if I can do this rookie QB thing again. But at the same time, the contract kind of matters. And then Carolina, you know, they can trade out of eight and get more assets, get those assets back too. So, you know, it's kind of a win, win, win for them as well. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel, Victor. I'm in the middle. All right, so... You know how I feel. I think that this was a dumb move by the Jets. And, again, they're just trying to start over. They're they're mistakenly thinking that a quarterback solves all. And that's not true. They took Sanchez. That didn't work out. They tried Geno Smith. That didn't work out. Darnold. I mean, Darnold came into league, and look at what they surrounded him with. Nothing. They gave him the worst coach in the entire league in Adam Gase, year two, year three. Weapons-wise, they got Le'Veon Bell, who was a shell of his former self. Jameson Crowder, they tried to turn into a number one receiver. His favorite target, he's now reunited with, but they let him walk on a deal that wasn't even that bad that Carolina gave him in Robbie Anderson. They've had no offensive line since he entered the league. How is the man supposed to throw the ball if A, he has no time to do so, or B, he has no one to throw it to? I mean, listen, I understand that the quarterback needs to shoulder some blame, yes? But when he has nothing to work with, how is a young quarterback supposed to develop entering the league? Now they, they screwed him over. They they, they absolutely screwed him. They over. completely screwed him over. And and I get the argument, right, Max? I think I brought it up last week. New GM, he gets to pick his guy. New head coach, it's an opportunity for a fresh restart. I get it, right? But how many times are you going to do that before you realize you need to build a team? I still think that they should have traded down and addressed other needs on the offensive or defense side of the ball. But 
Give your guy, give Darnold more weapons. Give him some protection and see what he can do with. Because I'll be honest with you now, Max. Now the pressure is on Sam Darnold because he's going to a team with guys around him. Look at McCaffrey. More. The Panthers have weapons on uh, Robbie Anderson. Now he has guys that he can work with, that he can get the ball out to, and they can make plays. So the pressure is now on Sam Darnold in Carolina. I pers- I feel awful for Teddy Bridgewater. I know in the sample size that we've seen from Bridgewater, he was never going to be a, a, what's it called, consistent 300-yard passer, throw for 30-plus touchdowns on a consistent yearly basis, right? I understand that. So if you want to take a chance on Darnold, right, and look at him as an improvement, I get it. And they really, they didn't give up too much. It was smart that they gave up a second round next year because they think that this is going to be be a big year and that second round pick will be more like a early third rounder. I get it. I understand that. But now this is where Darnold needs to show that, hey, if you give me a chance, if you give me a fighting chance, I can be your franchise quarterback. The Jets, they, they, never, they never gave him a chance. They didn't. And... They only had their themselves to blame, and they better hope because at this point I, I think that you have to. I I don't say you have to, but number two overall, you need to go out and find your franchise quarterback, and I think it's going to be Zach Wilson of BYU. No, yeah, the, the pitch already in. I mean, honestly, the draft starts at four. It, it seems like San Fran's taking Mac Jones, so the draft, you know, Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. Which, can I just say, Mac Jones, right, if that's the case? I mean, I really need to sit in on a draft scout meeting or something because, and, and you could even you could even say Ohio State too, right, Max? How for years do I hear that Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron are only good quarterbacks because Alabama gets the best linemen in the country, gets the best running backs in the country, gets the best wide receivers in the country. And then the last two Alabama quarterbacks in Tua and Mac Jones, their high uh, first-round draft picks. Like, does that make sense to you, Max, at all? Uh, I mean... Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, no, I definitely see where you're from. Like, like, I'm sorry, Mac Jones, like... To me, I mean, look at, he's got two receivers that are expected to go in the top 10 of the NFL draft in Devon Smith and uh, Jalen Waddell. The offensive lineman, Najee Harris as running back, like, he played with a stacked offense. And again, I'm not saying that he won't be a good quarterback. It just amazed me that Greg McElroy, McCarron, the argument for so long with Alabama is you could plug in any quarterback and they would have success on offense. And then all of a sudden, now that they're producing highly talented quarterbacks, it just it doesn't make sense to me. Well, they still haven't developed one because I don't think two is it, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know. But, um, no, I, the way I look at it, though, if Kyle Shanahan says a quarterback's going to be good, then I kind of just trust him. That's true. He's pretty good offensively, and, you know, they... I don't know. A lot, a lot of like Chris Sims, I listen to it, for example. He he is blown away by Mac Jones about some of the throws he's made and this and that and Alabama. You know, Nick uh, Nick Saban kind of wants to play close to the best some of the times. 
So it's when your last QB is really ripping. Now, mind you, I don't watch that much college football, so I could be wrong, but, you know, just seeing some games here and there. Um, and you know, another funny thing, too, about uh, the whole two receivers thing is that I've heard on a couple podcasts that, well, Chris Simmons one, that Waddle and uh, Smith have said privately and publicly that Mac Jones is better than Tua. I've heard that, too. I've heard that, too. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty interesting because with how much now, now, now you can't say that on Dolphins Twitter either, Victor, because as you know, I, I'm on there quite a, quite a bit, and uh, a lot of people will say, "Oh, well, what are they supposed to say about Mac Jones? They're hyping him up." I don't know. If I was a teammate of those two, um, am I going to give you one of those answers like, "Oh, yeah, you know, both of them are great"? No, I'm I'm going to tell you, yeah, he's better than him. Who's already in the NFL? Yeah, you know what I mean, like, why, why do they gotta kiss his ass? Yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything, but like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, I know this is a totally different conversation with Dolphins mm-hmm. Twitter and the Dolphins fans in general, but I don't know. You got two guys who were just with Tua for a couple of years and Mac Jones for a year, and he's telling him he's better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. A coo- I'm not Adam Gates over here, but I don't know. No, I agree, and I'm more likely going to take their word, considering that they played with both, and. I mean, listen, privately, though, is different than publicly. Like, if they were asked yeah. in at a press conference, I'm sure that they would have given you a bullshit answer. Like, well, both guys have different strengths or both guys are my guys type of thing. So, yeah. but but privately, I mean, anything is fair game. And, and again, I don't think that, I don't even think that that's an insult. It's just, it, it's, it's facts to them. It's a fact in their eyes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But... I don't know. I I just I find it amazing. Like even Ohio State. I mean, think about their quarterbacks. Some of them that have come through, like Cardell Jones. Even he never. I mean, I know he started a game or two, but he's he's been the career backup or third stringer. And then and then Dwayne Haskins got all the hype. Yet again, Ohio State is another school that gets all the top. Um, top recruits. Look how he panned out. And Justin Fields is another. I know that his stock has dipped a little bit the last couple months but he's another guy and it's like you know i would love to know where these guys draw the line or different differentiate the talent versus the talent around them type thing yeah i've always said this when it comes to football is that we don't really know what we're watching yeah at the time yeah it's just especially at quarterback it's just so hard it's a 50 50 shot yeah about what quarterbacks will be good or not, you know? I mean, I'm a Jets fan. I know more than most. Yeah, and so you... it's just one of those things. It's just hard to find out what you got. Yeah, and really, your guys' percentage is like zero, zero. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, listen... Make the jokes now, but let's see Danny Dimes. Uh, okay, okay, uh, and you know what? You know what? That brings up another point. You see what the Jets, what the Bills did with Josh Allen? Year one, year two, he was slowly getting better. They go out and get him a true receiver in Stephon Diggs. The Jets never did that. The Giants, Danny Dimes now has Galladay. I'm looking forward to him. Yeah. Well, you know what? Now he has the draft picks. He has to go out and make the right picks. Yeah. Oh, stop it. No. Draft picks in the media. Stop it. I've been seeing this. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm saying that. John is it. Oh, we have all the picks. Yeah. D. Miller, Sheldon Richardson, gone in three years. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Do you know that. The, I mean, I've had enough. Do you know that the Jets, since the merger, are the first team to draft a quarterback in the top three draft picks in the span of three years or less? 
doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But, all right, Max, you got anything else on your mind? Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, I've said enough today. Yeah, this was a quick and shorter episode. We're kind of at a weird point in sports. I mean, I know we got basketball and baseball going on, but, I, I mean, exactly, exactly, exactly. But, again, guys, go check out Max's articles on fan side he knows what he's talking about when it comes to Miami Heat basketball it's one of the few things he knows what he's talking about Max do you want to share your Instagram and social media accounts yeah you can follow me at, uh, everything is at Max Marshall 136 and at Old School of Sport on Twitter Old School of Sport on Facebook at Victor Pusateri on Twitter at Victor J Pusateri on Instagram thank you for tuning in and until next week guys You are listening to Old School of Sport.